0: You are listening to Bicycle Retail Radio, brought to you by the National Bicycle Dealers
1: Association. Before we begin with the podcast, the NBA would like to offer a sincere note of thanks to association member Bike Flights for their continued support of the NBDA and retailers at large. BikeFlights.com is a bicycle shipping service and a supplier of bike shipping boxes offering low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery. Since 2009, Bike Flights has made it easy for more than a million people, including individuals, bike shops, events, and cycling industry businesses, to ship bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence. They've been working to get more people on bikes, plus have been advocating for safer roads and more and better trails to ride, race, and explore. Bike Flights is a company that's committed to sustainability. Learn more at BikeFlights.com. Welcome to another episode of Bicycle Retail Radio produced by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. This is NBDA President Heather Mason. Specialty bicycle retailers are the heart of the cycling industry and since 1946 the NBDA has existed to strengthen these businesses through education, research, communication and advocacy. We truly believe when we create thriving bicycle retailers the industry and the cycling community follows. Today we're welcoming to our podcast Davide Giardini, marketing director at Full Cycle Bikes, Colorado Multisport, and the Tune-Up Bar. Full Cycle is the oldest bike shop in Boulder and is still to this day independently owned by one owner. Colorado Multisport inside Full Cycle is a specialty triathlon store that is world-renowned for the list of triathlon Olympians and world champions that walk through its doors. The Tune-Up Tavern and Espresso, also located inside Full Cycle, is a full-service bar talking cocktails, beer, wine, and coffee shop. Having won many local awards in recent years for their efforts, Full Cycle transformed their communities, bringing passion-filled events, cycling energy, and connecting the industry at large to the local rider. An Italian native Davide has a unique combination of international experience in the endurance sports world, combining a decade of sales and marketing and business development with half a decade as the world's top 10 professional triathlete and, as of late, a U.S. ski mountaineering national team member. His unique skill set mix brings an inspiring personality to the bicycling industry and endurance sports as a whole building and fostering partnerships through a genuine love for endurance sports that make a positive impact on the business and local community. All right, listeners, listen in as we get to know more about this Boulder Cycling and Multisport Hub and how they are changing the way we look at retail rider outreach. My hope is you gain some fresh creative ideas for you as a retailer to think about for your local community. So much here. I'm so excited. Let's dive in. Welcome, Fabi Day, to Bicycle Retail Radio. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank
0: you so much, Heather. What well, That was quite a mouthful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> you're mountaineering, like everything you're doing for the community, beer, wine. I mean, there's so much in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like in order to be uh, competitive in Boulder, you have to maintain quite the list of accolades to keep afloat. <laughs> so uh, we try to keep at the top of our game, so to say.
1: I have known you've been coming on the podcast for a couple of weeks now. And I have to tell you, this personally means a ton to me. I know before we started actually recording, we were talking off air about my experience working with Full Cycle through multiple brands. And now we get to work together at the MBDA with the Buy Where You Ride Retailer Fund and the Bree Award So it's been awesome just to see full cycle grow and this past year, so much growth I want to get into.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you for that. The feelings are mutual. I've been a big fan of yours ever since we were collaborating with that cycling brand a couple of years ago. And as well as in your new role with the new bicycle dealers association, I always read your articles. They're super insightful. I always chat with Russ, the owner of how we wish we were not as busy so that we could take advantage more of our membership because you guys have some amazing resources. And we would definitely love to connect with other dealers and see spend more time and see what's working and what's not working and people in in our same shoes in other parts of the country. So yeah, keep up the great work.
1: Oh man, that means so much. And I know you (laughs) because you write back. I love when I get your emails, but Let's talk about the shop. I want to dive into you, get a little background, but just I know this past year so much has happened. You're moving, you've moved the shop to East Pearl, which is you know really a growing area. Catch us up a little bit on where full cycle's been just the past year, and then we'll kind of get into you and everything else.
0: Yeah, so full cycle oldest bike shop still in existence in Boulder, Colorado. I've been with the company for about five years, and past two years have been absolutely crazy. It's been crazy with the pandemic for everybody, especially for us. We've moved from our historic downtown Boulder location in the midst of the pandemic. So, you know, for a combination of things, rent being one of them, is just too expensive and with the pandemic hitting and our landlord not being super cooperative with rent breaks and so on, owner decided to just, you know, take make a bold move and and move. Fortunately, we were actually building out this new location where we're at right now. So it wasn't ready to move in. So we went into a secret hiding location <laughs> in a tech startup sort of office that was vacant because everybody was working remote. And we had millions of dollars of inventory in this you know, tech startup office that we didn't want to publish the address of because of fears of being robbed, <laughs> while we were still maintaining the service department in an annex location next to the old, you know, Pearl Strip Mall, the old location. So for me in marketing, it was a super challenging position because customers wanted to shop at us with us. Bikes were in crazy boom. The summer was starting to come, so people were ready to ride. And we were in the secret location <laughs> where we were fulfilling orders. So, smart detailing, I don't want to dive in too much, but smart detailing was definitely a, a lifesaver for us because the click to collect was really an, a super important feature that kept us afloat. Craziest time of my life.
1: They even imagine a bike boom, inventory issues, customers wanting to buy bikes, moving, secret location, and the marketing guy is like, wow. What am I gonna-?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was absolutely, absolutely crazy. So, March came about 2021, which finally opened the location, although there was still construction going on. I have so much respect for Russ, the owner of Full Cycle, who's, you know, Breaking down all the status quo and just <laughs> while there was still construction going on, we were fulfilling sales and customers were walking in. So we might have lost some customers just by, you know, having flooring being made and roof being built as we were trying to sell bikes. But I, I really liked that entrepreneurial spirit and just get it done approach to things. And that's why been the best job i've ever had for sure
1: <laughs> i can tell you know for our listeners i can see you know the, the excitement the the satisfaction that you have with your job in your facial expression where were <laughs> before coming the full cycle i mean i know you're a professional international athlete were you focused on that or or what was what was your background before coming
0: yeah full? so ironically during my mba here at cu boulder i was racing you know i was trying to race trying to study And also I was working for Catalyst Communication. And that was, at one point, it was the biggest direct mail catalog in the cycling industry. It was based here in Boulder, Colorado, owned by Lynn Gussinger. I was doing local ad sales, local advertising sales. Russ was business development. Russ is the owner of Full Cycle. So we were collaborating. He was my boss also at the time. That was my first experience in the cycling industry, but... Yeah, I've always had this sort of shared roles between racing at the highest levels of sports. I've raced for Team USA in triathlon as a professional, as top 10 at the world championships, achieved some pro podiums, you know, raced all over the world, Mexico, Caribbeans, Europe, and uh, also keeping a bit of foot in the business world of the industry. So... I've collaborated in various sales and business development roles for outdoor companies. And yeah, Boulder, Colorado is very conducive to that. I feel like there's a lot of very good athletes. There's also a lot of super good professionals in the industry. My unique skill set is that I bring a bit of both to the table.
1: It comes from within. Like you're speaking my language as an endurance athlete and I know- <laughs> the long runs or the long rides or the long swims. That's when my best like brainstorming time comes about. Yeah, absolutely. So in your role, do you have some flexibility to be really creating and driving the campaigns from, you know, things that come to you on maybe a long run or ride?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Russ is very much an athlete himself, maybe not so much at the pointy end, but he loves it. I do believe that genuinely. He cares for the community and he cares for cycling and he really loves what he's doing in this stage of his life. And I like that I'm able to bring his vision to life and I have the tools and the sort of, he gives me the keys to accomplish. So so I feel like we definitely see eye to eye on a lot of things. Some is action hand and he's the brains. I'm also, you know, happy age. So I'm in my early 30s, different age demographics, different consumer trends, different ways to reach younger customers. So although he might not be as in tune as the latest technology and the latest communication platforms to reach consumers, he's very forward thinking. So I'm able to bridge the gap between the younger generation and the older generation as far as consumer trends go.
1: So important. So uh, yeah, I guess let's dive in then to the the new location. So recently dubbed the Boulder Cycling and Multi Sport Hub. That has to be pretty feel pretty good because I, I want to say it's probably a lot of the efforts you put out there, right? You're <laughs> out
0: there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There used to be a lot of bike shops in Boulder. There's been a lot of consolidation, especially through the pandemic, and now our unique competitive advantage is that we are a bit of we're a bit of everything to everyone in the sense that we might not be your hardcore mountain bike downhill shop. We might not be your, you know, high-end road bike shop, but we offer a bit of everything to all types of riders, including triathletes, which is a, as you know, yourself and I myself is a very unique type of cyclist, but still a cyclist. So yeah, we are the multi-sport, the cycling, the multi-sport hug because the bar is really what brings people together. Bar, food, group rides, events. It's a competitive marketplace right now with the internet, direct-to-consumer, a lot of consumer options.
1: So the tune-up Bar, it's part of the location and it was part of the build-out. You know, what were your thoughts there? Did you feel like a bar, food area was part of the rider experience that was critical to building a new location that should be 100% in the, de- in the design?
0: Yeah, absolutely. In my mind, we wouldn't be as successful if we not have the Tuna. The official name that we're going with, we've gone through a lot of rebranding, the Tuna Tavern and Espresso. It really is the heart and soul of Full Cycle, I believe. Just because that's what brings people together. And then it allows us to showcase a lot of the products that we have. Just because it's a fun place to hang out, there's great parking, and we're right on the Goose Creek Path, which is at the heart of the multi-use paths in Boulder. We're half a mile from Valmont Bike Park, a mountain bike, cyclocross park. It's really our defining factor, I believe.
1: It's interesting as I was doing a little research to get ready for our podcast today. I mean, the Tuna Bar actually even has its own website and we're talking about hosting events and there's great images of inside the the, the Tuna Bar, but it's actually the shop and, and there's bikes and, and bicycle related products all around. I imagine this is a great area for you to host events. And I know that you know we touched on like, and we'll get into the outdoor industry nights, but do you use this as like the place where you kind of launch your clinics and and events to the public out of?
0: Yeah, it's been an evolution. You know, I can't believe it's been just over a year that we've been here. We did the grand opening in last July, the grand opening officially of the whole place. And then we've gone back. We're a small but mighty team. You know, we have a bar manager, one marketing person and the owner. And then sort of that, that's what... Those are the people that spend sort of across all three sides of the business. So, full cycle for our multi sport and the tune up. And we've gone back and forth as to what the tune up really is, whether it's an extension of full cycle, whether it's its own identity. And now we're really going with the tune up being its own identity. We do believe we can bring its own crowd of bar goers and coffee shop goers, just because there's so much development going on. We're Right across the Google campus, as, as I speak, you know, there's construction building, 200 apartments right across the street. It's the new hub of Boulder. So rumor has it that the light rail will have its stop in Boulder right across the shop coming from Denver. So that's big. Housing is a big problem in Boulder, so having a ton of housing being built here, we see it as a great opportunity for the future. And of course, what better than having a bar in the midst of the whole development? We've got high hopes for the bar being its own identity. My main role is spanning between the, how do we best utilize the bar to promote bike shop sales and increase traffic. So traffic is not it's not a problem we've done a good job attracting a lot of customers now it's just a matter of having the right products and the right services that people want but boulder is definitely a hot place in the country right now to do business
1: i always like to start with when i'm talking to a retailer about their marketing efforts or engaging their community i try to always urge them to find their their unique like culture and, and what makes their shop unique and why did they start their store their mission vision so as a marketing director for full cycle colorado Multisport, the tune-up bar i mean your job is is big because you've got a couple different things going on here you know how do you get the whole collective team around this is what we're driving for as an organization this is what we believe in when we communicate with riders
0: yeah, it's been an evolution. Right now we have a pretty core team. It was great to see that database that you sent out about bike fitters and bike service. What's really challenging right now in the industry is bike service. But as far as the team, you know, everybody's pretty bought into the vision. Myself, the bar manager and the sales manager, we've all kind of been working together for I believe now going on 5 years, 4 or 5 years. So it's pretty cool crew that we've assembled. We've been part of this moving and this crazy time in business of hiding location, moving, building the whole shop. Service area was built by our mechanics, which is it's always so cool. I'm always very proud of showing that to guests and and so on. The vision, I think it's been very challenging with newcomers into the new new staff coming on board just like why are we doing so much stuff (laughs) so because we do do a lot and you know it is challenging when you're on the sales floor and you're swarmed by so many people (laughs) it's been an evolution but we work hard and we play hard i think that sums it up
1: As a past retailer myself, I believe 100% that connecting with your community, putting on events, leading rides, teaching kids to ride bikes, doing bike tours, it's all important and it does add to your bottom line, but it is something that's, it's a lot of moving pieces and sometimes it's hard to get everyone as energized as an endurance athlete, (laughs) you know, might be. I know you did just double down adding bike tours and experiences What's the thought around that? Just looking at the different changing landscape or, or why at
0: Yeah, ironically, that was my brainchild from 2017. I had a little bike tours company that I was running on the side. So when I stopped racing professionally, I was looking for a way to ride my bike still for a living. And I came up with this concept. And then once we were settled into this new location, everything was up and running. The bar was running. It seemed like the next evolution, you know. It's been very challenging being, you know, with supply chain issues and manufacturers, you know, different consumer trends, different ways for consumers to shop, manufacturers sort of being... You know, on the one end, supporting of dealers and on the other hand, trying their hand at consumer directs and really not getting clear information. It's empowering to feel like you have matters in your own hands. And that's something that the owner and myself really see eye to eye on. So it seemed like a no brainer to integrate my bike tour company into the shop. You know, it's not rocket science. It's been done before mm-hmm. all over the world. But as you know, with everything, it just takes time and resources to get it up and running. So we kickstarted it last summer as sort of like a test. We hired a full-time tours and experiences manager that runs that division. We've been marketing it a little bit. We have a great relationship with the conventions and visitor bureau. So that's BoulderColoradoUSA.com, Chamber of Commerce. So those are all great partners that have a vested interest in us being successful and attracting tourists to Boulder. So it's been great. There's room for improvements. It's been a great testing ground so far. So we're ready to take it to the next level. The next summer As the fall is always busy in Boulder. So we're hoping to see an upward trend in tours being booked this fall.
1: Yeah, I really feel confident. I was on a train from New York City up to the Adirondacks the other day. People were traveling with bikes, you know, just for the weekend, escaping. So I think bike touring, those experiences, are what people are going to start looking for. And having a local retailer to to lead that makes sense to me. So like,
0: yeah, and on top of uh, something else that complements their experiences department, we see a lot of demand for bike mechanic classes. You know, we've run those in the past in the slower times in the winter. It allows us to keep mechanics on staff. And, you know, people are looking, wanting to learn. It's been brought up before the fact that, oh, we're teaching people how to do our job. But really, students who take the class actually come out of it with a greater appreciation of how professional you have to be and how dialed you have to be to really service a bike in a professional manner. So those students actually become our best customers because they have a greater appreciation of a well-running bike and a greater appreciation for the skill sets that mechanics bring. Then what else have we done? We've done mountain bike skills clinics. It's very easy having a mountain bike park near us and being on the bike paths we always have staff that are very enthusiastic about teaching these clinics.
1: Is it hard to get people registered? Like when you promote these clinics, how are you promoting them? And yeah, does that look like just for our retailers might be listening who are like, "Well, yeah, I'll try that." Like, what's that look?
0: That's like? That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. I've definitely seen throughout the pandemic. I've definitely seen a change in the promotional channels how well it's been perf- they've been performing, and the shifts. I try and keep up to date with all the marketing trend as it relates to advertisements, social media, digital marketing. And, you know, one thing I wanted to mention was not many people see it, but being a professional athlete, you're constantly selling yourself. So that's something that I learned to do as a need to bring exposure to my sponsors was I had to be very social media savvy. I had to, you know, as a way, I was the direct connection between consumers and brands. So I see like nothing has changed from my racing days, except now instead of selling, you know, myself personally as an athlete selling the shop and all its great services and products to consumers. And Trends have changed, you know. Like it used to be that we used to be able to, you know, put out Instagrams and like get hundreds of engagements. And now Instagram photos don't do anything because you have to have a professional videographer on staff to, you know, get the same amount of engagement through Instagram reels. So that I pride myself to stay very much on top of. At the end of the day, Emails are a great value for us. You know, we have grown to 18,000 customers email list through the years and I've seen it grow exponentially through the years. And uh, emails are, are great. We give lots of options to our clients to unsubscribe, but the numbers are still high. So it means that they want to hear from us. They want to hear what we have to offer. So that, that's a great feeling for sure.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic advice. I mean, getting more people on bikes, you know, we talk about diversity and taking the word cyclist and really opening that up, especially what e-bikes have done for us. Is there anything that you're doing in particular to reach, you know, maybe a different demographic than you have in the past?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Boulder is not a very diverse town. It's also a pretty affluent town. Our efforts in the past during the whole Black Lives Matter movement protests, we collaborated with Community Cycles, a local nonprofit bike shop, to donate bikes. We've done fundraisers, we've supported staff's fundraisers. As of late, we've done a lot of events that capture that need for cycling needing to be more inclusive and more diverse. We've done events with Swift. For the Tour de France of X-Swift, we have worked with the Colorado High School Cycling League to do girls-specific events for all mountain bike teams in the Boulder County area. And just really, there's not much diversity in Boulder. We are trying to encourage the next generation of cyclists and female riders so another big thing we do is our Wednesday evening ri- gravel rides. They are ran by this group called Ride or Die Collective, Becca Brau. And she does a great job. She started the organization during the pandemic, seeing this excitement about cycling. So Wednesday evening, we have this gravel ride specifically for women's. And it's super cool to, you know, go out 530 in the evening outside the shop. There's always, you know, 40, 50 riders, all women, all sort of younger demographic around, you know, 20 to 30 and T-shirts and bibs and definitely breaking down that stigma that cycling has to be all like serious and, and so on. So it's very, 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 I'm very excited about that night.
1: I love to hear that. And I was on the website, which is fullcyclepikes.com. And I love how your event calendar lists not only your events, which definitely are attractive to a diverse population, but it seems like all or most of the local cycling and multi-sport events in the community that you partner with. What a great resource, right?
0: Yeah. Just last week, actually, it was probably, this is the end of, as we're recording this is, you know, early September. So it's definitely the tail end a bit of the summer. There's a lot of happenings in Boulder. We have a big half-distance triathlon happening. So we had about 750 riders picking up their packet here at the shop. And to us, those events are a no-brainer. You know, people come in, get their packet, check out the latest bikes, grab their last-minute gear get a taco at the food truck outside the shop, get a beer, get a coffee. It's a fun place to be around. At the same time as that was going on, we also had a three-day long packet pickup for the CU Colorado University Buff Classic. So that's one of the largest scholarship rides that University of Colorado Boulder does. So that was about 1,500 riders this year. And we hosted the packet pickup And we try and be involved with pretty much everything that happens in town around cycling and triathlon. So we are the sponsor for all triathlons that happen here. There's about five happening in the summer and each one of them this year was sold out. Triathlon is at a great spot as far as market goes. They're all sold out. There's a strong, thriving community. So yeah, we're excited to be at the center of it all. It's a lot of work. It will snow soon.
1: (laughs) I know sometimes it's hard for retailers or, you know, for our listeners maybe to say yes to all the opportunities that come in as like race promoters are reaching out. Can we host packet pickup? Can you do this? But it really does make a difference to have these riders come through your door. You
0: know, yeah, it does. A, it's a lot of work. So a lot of my job is making orchestrating this so that it doesn't fall on sales staff. You know, for them, it's just customer that walks through the door, right? So sometimes sales doesn't like me a lot because there's too many customers. customers. But like I said, it will snow soon. So
1: it's a true thing. And, you know, retailers, the conversations that I'm having are the door count is down, you know, the door count is down. How do we get people back in our doors? So we don't have that much time. Let's say you know, maybe I'm a single owner and I have a couple people on staff and I'm already like just maxed out. If I was going to host one or two events, is there anything that you've done that really like would be a safe bet for someone that would be, you know, is there anything you've done that's like, do this, this kind of event will work like a woman's night or a fix a flat clinic or I don't know.
0: Yeah. So I guess you'd really have to define what, Working means and what a successful event is, we're a bit special in the sense that what might be a great night at the bar, in terms of you know making sure our bar hits the goal, might not be a great night at the bike shop because the bike shop might be closed. So, a lot of the times, we try and host events that actually happen after the bike shop closes, so not to jeopardize bike shop sales, meaning like. I just want to come in and buy two when there's 50 people and and I can't walk through the doors type of thing. (laughs) So it's a bit of a yin and a yang. As far as bike shop specific core and a lot of these sort of experiential retail marketing and events, what generates is a lot of goodwill and, you know, getting people in the doors in the sense that, wow, I didn't know full cycle at a bar. Or, I didn't know Full Cycle was a surveillance dealer. Or, wow, I didn't know. You know, there's a lot of that going on. People are comfortable in their homes, working remote, although I feel like remote trends are going down. (laughs) Anyway, another topic. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we really try, and it's definitely tough as a dealer. Online has been really good. You know, I work with Ryan Atkinson directly. We chat about once a month or so. It just, it's an area that really fascinates me, the whole online and digital, because it all helps. Like, I'm all about in-person interaction and maintaining the human elements. And that's what sets us apart from the big retailers. But at the same time, the internet, And direct-to-consumer is a reality that we have to live against or with, not against, with. So Smart Retailing has been phenomenal in keeping us afloat through the pandemic. I'm a huge fan of them and I wish more of our vendor would buy into their program and make my life easier and, and then sell more of their product as a consequence.
1: Yeah, it's so easy when you can just hit, you know, turn on and list the whole brand on there, but it gets...
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your NBDA membership helps support Bicycle Retail Radio. Go to nbda.com to join or renew your membership today.
1: wanted to ask you about e-bikes you shared with me an article about sharing the stoke it was some press you yeah. had on e-bikes and it, it was great because it didn't really talk about the work that you're doing selling e-bikes but it talked about the classifications and safe places to ride in boulder so are you seeing e-bike sales increase and and what are you planning to do with that to you know reach more people i guess
0: yeah e-bikes is sort of the next frontier as we know as us industry professionals. Boulder is a tough market for e-bikes, meaning it's a bubble. There's a lot of road and trail users. So electric bikes are very, very, very much regulated. Unlike me being Italian, e-mountain bikes are off the charts. Here, realistically, e-bikes, e-mountain bikes will never be a thing, at least in Boulder County, because... There's too many trail users, and it's an extra headache for the county and the city to deal with. With that being said, on the road, I've been an e bike, class three e bike commuter all my life, and not all my life for the past four years. And it's the best bike I've ever owned. If there's one bike that I could own the rest of my life, just one would be a class three electric bike for commuting because it is so much fun. With that being said, that marketplace is also very competitive. So I would love to say that our e-bikes sales have been smashing it since that feature came out on Boulder Lifestyle Magazine. The reality is that with our product mix, I don't think we're really hitting the nail on the head as to what consumers really want. So we are working on that angle to future talk <laughs> stay tuned that's
1: i mean what I you're saying that was a really honest reflection that you know there are different challenges for every different retailer like you know i look at you guys i think you're thriving in every single area that you could possibly but the reality is like you have certain things that you'd like to see doing better but you just have to redirect your efforts and really you know you have to go after it and put put the manpower in to grow it right so the truth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's all about where do we put our times and money and effort into. And as it is right now, we wanna be the older cycling hub. That might mean not being the highest end road bike shop. That might not be your enduro shop. That might not be your best electric shop. We kind of do everything good, (laughs) if that makes sense. Right?
1: Right. Yeah. It's making me think of a conversation I have with a retailer who has a really great store. They're doing a really good business, but you know, they're, they feel like they're labeled as like a lower end store. And what they'd like to do is carry more premium merchandise and redesign the store. And they're working through how to do that. But it's like, we have to meet us where our community needs us, right? To a certain angle too. So it's really hard thing to do when you're responsible you know for marketing the store and making sure you're meeting what your community needs but also fulfilling like you know what you're best at i don't know it's
0: hard yeah no yeah absolutely and also one thing in this time and age 21st century brick and mortar retailer is you have to have a solid online presence just because in-store merchandising is one thing like you mentioned, a lot of your retailers are complaining that door counts are low. Well, you need to reach people where people are. And I think we can't hide our hands, heads under the sand and pretend that we don't live in a digital first world. So we need to reach consumers where they are, which is digitally. But then we need to give them a, an awesome reason to come through our doors. Right, So that's where the group rides, the experiences, the bars and all the social media and having dialed website, having Instagram and utilizing Google ads, meta ads and all that stuff that's really cutting edge 21st century really to me is the reality for being a successful 21st century brick and mortar retailer this, this time and age.
1: There's like locally, there's different online pointy places to be, to get your merchandise online. Yeah. What
0: are yeah. your, your thoughts about any of those? Um, yeah, I'm super progressed. You know, we're in the uh, funny, you mentioned at one of our latest, the industry social, the president of the Boulder chamber was here and he mentioned that So, a town the size of Boulder Utrecht, two areas of economic growth. We have six in tech and outdoors are two of them. So the way I see it with having the Google campus across the shop, we have to be very tech savvy. So I pride myself in being very tech savvy. I remember setting up the Pointy integration maybe three years ago when it, before it was bought by Google. I remember getting on the phone with this Irish guy <laughs> that was, uh, I believe, one of number two at Pointy. And now Pointy is part of Google. So we have a pretty dialed online presence, not as good as the big e-tailers, but it's certainly an area focused for us in the future while still retaining a a really cool in-person experience, right?
1: Yeah. Technology is definitely changing the way that we do business.
0: Yeah. And it changes very quick. Like I see what worked on Instagram to generate... Engagement last month doesn't, didn't work, you know, this month, but it's really phenomenal to see how much with an Instagram, with a well thought out Instagram reel, you can get, you know, 15 customers DMing you about a bike that you have on the floor. Right. So that's the reality. And that's how 20 year olds right now, that's how they're going to shop for bikes. Yeah. So we have to meet customers where they are.
1: I feel like there's a little overload going on right now. I, don't, I feel mm-hmm. like people have just been hit with so much, like social, yeah. and and they just want to like almost deconnect and
0: yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: back up. So people are happy to get into routine because they were traveling. Totally, totally. Yeah, what do you think about direct mail? I'm sorry to interrupt you. I wanted to ask you that. Like
0: direct you know, mail, yeah. yeah. We've never done direct mail. The only extent of our direct mail has been the features in the Boulder Lifestyle magazine that we do. So that's the only direct mail magazine in Boulder. It goes to every home above a certain value. So it's a very high-end magazine. That's the extent of it. We've never spent any money for direct mail. Yeah. Because people know through our email, I always joke that in our POS system, there's likely like almost every Boulder resident is in our POS system, <laughs> which is really cool. So how do you, how do you tell the consumers the newest and latest that's going on in the store? That's email newsletter, social media, paid social plan, website, merchandising. We don't do much Google ads, but I'm familiarizing myself more with We'll be those.
1: Do you feel like people are a little bit on that overload? I totally interrupted yeah. you. You feel the same, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially the newer generation. I have this conversation all the time. The newer generation, they're like, I'm not on Instagram because it's gotten too commercialized. Brands have taken over that side and they don't want to see a bunch of sponsored ads anymore. So I've definitely seen instagram not being as effective anymore unless you're really at the top sort of cutting edge with it but then again maybe your engagement your engagement is through the roof but maybe it's not your target market you know maybe it's just numbers (laughs) so you really have to consider that
1: they always say like your current customer is worth so much right so do you have any thoughts on Creating customer loyalty and, and things we can do to ensure that the customer who's with us now continues to come back
0: yeah that's a that's a great point we do have a loyalty program and I'm a hundred percent with you you know it's the 80 20 rule twenty percent of your customers are eighty percent of your their profits I do know that's the case with that being said we're always trying to get more because there's always new people coming into town and People know us, I think we are delivering a good experience and a good products for them to come back, whether that be service fitting, bike selection, accessories, the bar, the group rides, the food truck. Boulder is so hopping that we want to get after a new customer as well and sort of get to our, into our family, I guess. <laughs> Part of, your family. Yeah. So,
1: part of our, our family. For our listeners, I can see you know a little bit of the shop behind, and I saw the bar earlier because we're on a Zoom call, I'm able to see like the food truck out front. And to me, I think it would be a win if like you show up, you know, to work, and you know, say you're coming in for the evening or whatever, and you see people sitting outside and bikes in the bike rack. Yeah. And it's like it is the hub. It truly is the hub. People
0: yeah. Yeah. People yeah. yeah.
1: Buy something. They're just there to be part of whatever.
0: Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. With that being said. Getting customer is, is one piece of the equation. The second piece of the equation is having the stuff that people want to buy. A lot of times through various ups and downs of the business, people in the community have told me, I really want to spend my money there, but there's nothing I like. And that was a great piece of feedback. And then it's like, what is it that you like? So that's why I pride myself in sort of having... Being at the forefront of these group rides for years, I've been leading Saturday group rides, Sunday gravel rides, you know, all these rides that now are established and we have volunteers to lead them. I was there with the owner starting in. So it's great market research, like what tires do you ride? What do you want? What products do you like? So you have to be out there and be engaging with your consumers in order to serve them. At the end, that's what we're doing, right?
1: So that leads me to, I guess I noticed that you work with a lot of clubs and teams and you might have some ambassadors. Like any thoughts for retailers who are considering working with clubs and teams, like how to do it right or how, you know, what not? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. A lot of feedback there. It's been an evolution and we've had different strategies. Our approach right now with clubs and teams is very blanketed across the board you're a team in boulder or a club that you want to be affiliated with full cycle great <laughs> as long as you ride bikes you're cool you know for us it's an added customers through the door what they get in return is a little bit of a break on at the bar so a discount at the bar on food and drinks it's a great place to start and end their rides and on accessories. No bikes, no service. Those are just too valuable right now. And, you know, it's a great value add. You know, the club member feels like they get a, I wouldn't call it preferential treatment, but it's like a lot of the club's leaders, especially they are sales and marketing people. And they're like, I'm bringing 50 people to the door. What do I get back? So what we can offer is, a bit of margin on accessories and drinks and food. I think but
1: uh, beer is awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we're definitely being very protective now that we've established ourselves and sort of, you know, we're here, we've got the products, we've got the staff, then we have to be a bit more cognizant as to how much money we'll leave on the table. We have been too liberal in the past being like, you know, it's different stages of marketing. It's like you have to invest a lot In order to get the brand recognition and get customers banging at the door, once they are, then you can ratchet back down a bit. So we used to run our own teams, you know, that's just way too much work. Running a team is super time consuming, custom apparel orders with the manufacturer, super time consuming, writing out a check outright is too much like that money's gone and the loyalty has gone. So really, it needs to be a win-win. Mm-hmm. So if you have a great place to hang out and good products that people want, then these clubs don't really, they want to support the organization that supports them.
1: Yeah, that's some that's great my advice.
0: experience.
1: That's some great advice. Just thinking a little bit more into the services that you offer, what, what makes yeah. Cycle Colorado multi-sport unique? I know fitting is, is part yeah. of it do there. How has fitting been for you and for retailers who are considering adding fitting to their location, would you say it's a beneficial thing?
0: Yeah, fitting is by far one of the things that bring the greatest one-on-one loyalty. We pride ourselves in having through the Colorado Multisport Merger, we gain one of the best bike fitters and cycling performance specialists in the industry, Ryan Ignatz. He's the current, the reigning Olympic triathlon champions bike fitter. Her name is Flora Duffy. And that's just one of the many big names that he fits. And it trickles down, you know, like definitely having that prestige is great. He's great with moms, beginners, you name it. He's just that good. And he's he's created a bit of a team in terms of wanting to share that knowledge that he's had through multi-decades of experience and not just him being the, the focus, right? It used to be like, I'm here to see Ryan and it's like doctor's appointment type of experience. Now it's more, we have a great fitting department that was spearheaded, that grew thanks to Ryan. So yeah, bike fitting is great, but we're lucky to have had one of the best in the country for it. He's got a wealth of, wealth of experience. So I would say we like to call it cycling performance department because our services have, have expanded just from bike fitting. We like to look at it as a whole. So like, what do you need as a bike rider to have a great experience on your bike? Well, you need a bike, you need accessories, you need your bike running smoothly, which is service. You need a great bike fit, which is bike fitting. Then you also need to know how to train. You need to know, how do you get faster? How do you ride faster? Because, you know, I think it's human nature to be driven to get better at what they do. And at least learn, you know, if this is a hobby for a lot of people, that's how hobbies go. They want to be in the know-how of how to best do their hobby. And nothing's better than our cycling performance department to achieve that goal. So we're one of the few in the countries to do sweat composition testing. We do custom insole molding. We work with third-party nutritionists, strength coaches.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I'm I'm with you 100%. We do our P2 retailer groups. And we were talking about creating this spot in the store that is the rider experience spot is what we dubbed it. But it is just that. And I saw that you're working with Fast Cat Coaching. So offering your clients coaching services. And then there's the different things like... CBD oils or creams or <laughs> tape. I mean, there's all this stuff that we could get into. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. experience.
0: Um, Absolutely. And Another thing about the, these contracting sort of agreements that we have, you know, is that they're the leading experts in their field. And it's not much extra work for us. But the beauty of all these things happen when there's cross-marketing and collaboration marketing. Of you're getting in front of a totally new audience because of this third party contractor that you just formed a partnership with. That's where my business development sort of experience comes into play being marketing. It's great to work with different vendors and partners because it's a win win for all parties, right? A lot of people see it as competition. We are very open minded as to. Who we work with as long as we know that they're good at what they do that it doesn't reflect bad on our brand name and then there's a win-win and
1: it takes the weight off you allows you to put a, an experienced person who specializes in something in the driver's seat but reflects awesomely on you and yeah, yeah it's just vetting it's that vetting process so you make sure you yeah have yeah
0: absolutely and for example you mentioned Fastcat. Frank Overton is, you know, one of the most established cycling coaches in in the U.S. He's been doing it for decades. We've always wanted to, you know, futuristically think maybe we'll, you know, bring a coach on board and start offering training plans. But really, the resources are right here. Sure, we might not be making 100% profit margin on training plans, but we offer something to the consumer that has bought a bike and wants to get better on the bike. Mm -hmm. So it's great for FASCA. It's great for us. It's great for the consumer. All three parties win and yeah, yeah, that's how it should work.
1: Yeah. It's just looking past the sale of a bike and really developing a relationship with someone who is getting into our sport. So yeah. So one more thing I wanted to talk about, I want to first congratulate and thank you for being part of our Buy Where You Ride retailer event fund. And I thought it was interesting because the event that you did was something that really outdoor industry night. So it's connecting local re- leaders from the outdoor industry to your community. So they come as guest speakers, they talk to each other. Can you tell us a little bit more about that event? And I mean, I've been trying to tell retailers, reach out to your suppliers, reach out to your brands, welcome them in and introduce them to your community. Is that kind of what was happening here? Or can you give us a little bit more of an idea of what that outdoor industry night looked like?
0: Yeah, the outdoor industry night was born as a monthly opportunity for outdoor industry professionals to come together as well as have inviting the customers to join. So it's been happening on a monthly basis. We've had some amazing guest speakers. I've had great help from Eric Brodel to kick this off. He was formerly working at People for Bikes at the draft meetups organizer in the country. And I myself attended a few of those way back and they were smashing success. The few that I was able to attend in Boulder. So we decided to kick this off at our new location. We've had some amazing guest speakers, including Wahoo, Training Peaks, Giant, Shram, Swift. We're lucky to have a plethora of outdoor organization in Boulder. So really, it's just a matter of tapping into my connection, inviting them over, and organizing a fun event that industry and consumers would want to attend so you know to me as a consumer it's super interesting to hear from say neil anderson and hear what he's got going on at the new wahoo fitness science center here in boulder it's great for him because it gets to share it with the industry and consumers it's great for our bar because people buy beers (laughs) and a lot of times the sponsor We'd have sponsors buy out the bar because it's an exposure opportunity for them. So again, it's one of those win-wins that it's great for all three parties. It's great for the bar. It's great for the person that's the organization that's involved. Call it Training Peaks, call it Wahoo, call it Swift. It's because they get to share the latest and greatest And it's great for the end consumer, whether that be an industry professional that's looking for a job or wants to network or the consumer that's like, Oh, I'm a training peaks user. I would love to rub shoulder with Dirk Friel, you know, the co-founder, like where does that happen? So I definitely have, I wake up every day and I'm super grateful to, you know, to live in this buzz that we have in Boulder. So I just want more people to be involved in it just because sometimes you just don't see the gold that you have in front of your eyes. And I'm certainly reminded every day that of what we have here. So I try to share it with everybody.
1: I love that idea. And you know, for our listeners, it doesn't have to be super fancy. You don't have to have a bar. You could invite <laughs> a sales rep of a brand and invite your community and get a cooler and some beers and some soda pops and have an event because you know it's just making those introductions. It's pretty cool to your customers. I think even just to meet a sales rep from a brand. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And my experience has been. A lot of vendors and brands, they're just looking for that opportunity to do something. It might not be in their mindset to do it, but I've seen that all it takes is asking. And really, next thing you know, you have a, a very successful event. One thing I would recommend is capturing content. You know, I'm a big believer that if a tree falls in the forest, <laughs> you know, nobody hears it. Big believer in that concept. So Definitely try and capture something on your phone, throw it up on Instagram, you know, send the follow up email and send it to partners that were involved so that they can share in their own channel. You know, we live in this crazy connected world that definitely it'd be stupid not to capitalize on that fact. And it's so easy. It's just a click of a button away.
1: Yeah. All right. I want to play a game. I just thought of it. So I've got, <laughs> I just thought of it. Oh, yeah. right. I'm going to give you. Is two it
0: two a ball sport? Cause I'm terrible at ball sports.
1: It's <laughs> really crazy. I just thought of this. This is totally off the cuff. I'm going to ask you two things that, you know, retailers could choose from and you just tell me which one. All right, here we go. Facebook or Instagram. Instagram. This is for the retailer <laughs> using this. All right. So Instagram, you're sticking with Instagram.
0: TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on TikTok. That's where I told Ross, I'll draw the line.
1: Maybe I'm giving you better rules. (laughs) Phone call or text?
0: That's a good one. Phone call first, then text.
1: Phone call first, then text. Oh, I like that. (laughs) All right. All right. Event at the shop or event at Trailhead? At the shop. At the shop. That was easy. That's all the questions I have right now. Okay.
0: That was great. I liked it. I liked it.
1: How's your calendar looking right now? Oh my God, we've been talking for an hour and it's like, I can't imagine between racing. Are you still racing or what's that look like?
0: So my big winter project is ski mountaineering. So that's how I like to keep fit. You know, I'm not going to lie. I get burned out on cycling just because tomorrow, 6.30 a.m., we've got this group called Wednesday Morning Velo that was actually also co-started by Russ, the owner of Full Cycle. It's a great ride. It's 200 riders, there's four different pace groups, there's a sponsor for each group, and afterwards, there's coffee and pastries provided by the sponsor. So it's, you know, I myself as the marketing director for this place, I've, that's my weekly ride that I try not to miss to connect with our community and our customer and just show them that, yeah, I do ride bikes. <laughs> So that's going to taper off soon. You know, temperatures are starting to change. We're definitely entering our, I think we've got a good month still of craziness, and then it'll be slower.
1: Yeah, I'm hearing that retailers are feeling like their doors, you know, traffic's picked up a little bit even right now, and there's like another little rush happening. But I'm with you. I'm like
0: watching the Cody Townsend videos at night here. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. So that's my next project. You know, the more conversations I have, and I don't know if they're skewed because of the location I'm at, but people are wanting to get out and live that multi-sport lifestyle. Like Mm -hmm. you said yourself, you're a multi-sport enthusiast, right?
1: Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to be Zwifton, I'm not going to be on the trainer to be out mm-hmm. time skiing and, and, you know, skiing yeah. and that's what I'm, yeah.
0: So. And where are you based?
1: Uh, upstate New York. So I'm near the successful New, New Hampshire. Okay. So,
0: lots cool. Of cool. cool. So that's my little side project. I like to keep busy. So I'm a big uphill ski enthusiast. So I'm very much involved with the U.S. Ski Mountaineering Federation. I just see it as a perfect match to cycling. We don't have to dive into that topic
1: <laughs> right now. Thing.
0: That's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, I, I see it as a very cool opportunity that we have on our hands.
1: All right, so listeners, check out fullcyclebikes.com. It's such a great website. There's so much information on there. day for our listeners that might have additional questions, is there a contact that you would share? Because I know the questions will probably start rolling in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, if you're on social media, find us on Instagram, Full Cycle Bikes. Our handle is at Full Cycle Boulder. If you're still using Facebook, also find us on there. We do still use Facebook, you know, believe it or not, everything's cross-posted. So Full Cycle and Colorado Multisport on Facebook. Otherwise, find me on LinkedIn, Davide Giardini. We do have a Full Cycle Bikes, Colorado Multisport and TuneUp organization page on LinkedIn. Otherwise, shoot me an email davide at fullcyclebikes.com.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of
0: course, Heather. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. This is if this is your first episode, we urge you to take time, listen to our past episodes. Go ahead, share your favorite episode with friends, leave a review. It does help members of our industry find our podcast. Share it on the Instagram, not on the Facebook, I guess. Maybe (laughs) I don't know. Special thanks to development director Rochelle Scouten for editing and promotional graphics for today's episode. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. And with this, we go. This has been Bicycle Retail Radio by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. For more
0: information on membership and member benefits, join us at nbda.com.